You're listening to the Real Estate Insider Podcast. A bold look at reality, news, analysis, strategies, and opinions. Direct from the veteran team at the Rain Research Institute. With today's host, real estate strategist, Russell Westcott. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'll tell you what. How Canadiana is this? You know, you can walk into any Tim Hortons across the country, you know, and after you've rolled up the wind, uh, the rim to see that you haven't won anything, you know, you listen to the conversations around there and you'll hear conversations around weather, hockey, housing market, and interest rates. And I'll tell you what, we got your back tonight. We got 50%. We got two of the four things. We've already covered off weather, right, in the, in the pre, preamble. We're going to talk tonight about the housing market and what strategic real estate investors are going to be doing in the market conditions we have right now. And we're also going to be touching on interest rates. So, you know what? We've even covered 75% of the things Canadians are talking Russ, we're not about. talking hockey. I'll tell you that right now. The Don't. one thing, thing you've got to know is that, 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 that a great comedian taught me this, is always endear yourself to your audience first. And bringing up the Leafs is not going to do that. So don't bring it up, Russ. What I, I Don, you brought it up. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely not going down that road. We want to okay. have a positive oh, impact okay, good. on the all call right. tonight. Good, good, yeah. <laughs> so you know what? When it comes to the housing market and all things real estate, you know what? I love to go to you know one of the, the go-to experts in the country. You know, Don is known for his well-balanced, his respected view of real estate. You know, and, and the reason why it's well-balanced is because he has nothing to sell. He doesn't uh, have real estate. He doesn't have properties to sell you. He doesn't have listings. He doesn't have those kind of things. He just does the research and then just shares the research across the country, and he comes from a place of service. So let's get right after it. Don Campbell, welcome to the line. How are you tonight? I'm looking forward to this. Great. Thank you, Russ. Don, I know uh, the last conference call we did, we had a fairly similar um, compliment on the phone, and you had yourself sequestered into your, your, you know, the fortress of solitude, if you will, and you were preparing for the Acre program. Are you in that same same place right now? Well, the, the, the sad part is, is that, yes, and I'm very, very happy that we are not on live video webinar today because it's been research day, and that means that I've just been heads down and just pounding through what's going on in Ontario preparing for the Acre event. So, frankly, yes, it is a uh, it is a full, full week for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, we do, you know what, in preparing for this, and, you know, we, we research the markets every day. You know, we have the finger on the pulse of what's going on. And I'll tell you what, I was researching a lot of the content for coming up for the, the webinar, and, and I was getting confused. Uh, there was an <laughs> awful lot of mixed messages. Even in the exact same newspaper, uh, two days apart, there was exactly the opposite in uh, headlines and, and research coming out from the exact same newspaper. Now, I know you've been investing for more than you know, two, two, you know, 20 years, yeah. and uh, you've seen this a few times, so... Have you been through times where there's just been lots of mixed messages, and, and how do you deal with these kind of times that we're in? Well, you know, the interesting thing is, Russ, is that there's a lot of people either on this call in North Bay or in, in, in Niagara or in Hamilton or in Toronto that it is their first time in the marketplace, and every single dollar they have is sitting in the housing market, and um, and they may or may not have bought strategically so that's that's neither here nor there but right now there is there they must be confused you know it's funny or 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 sad at the same time that 
I saw in a different newspaper than what you said. We're not going to name those papers, but the exact same thing happening, Russ, on two different stories. Um, the world is going to end, and then on Thursday, the world is going to be fantastic. And as a matter of fact, uh, January uh, this year, that there were headlines everywhere about the interest rates are about to start going up. So be prepared because, boy, oh, boy, here it goes. And then right after that, the interest rates drop. So it's really important to understand that uh, – what, what, what is the term that, they, that I used in Calgary? was that this ain't our first rodeo. Yes. And, um, and you know, despite – I love going on TV and love doing all that kind of stuff. It, it, it does get frustrating because I'll see so many mixed messages – because airtime needs to be filled, and and frankly, that's not what we're we're about. Uh, we've been through oh, I don't know how many recessions now, well, so-called recessions, and um, and and frankly, if you buy strategically and buy smart, and you start thinking differently than the consumer or the, even the informed consumer, uh, these pixels, as I like to call them, each day there's a new pixel that's released by somebody, a new report. Um, it, 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 you, you don't respond to it negatively or positively. You don't get too high when it's great, like in Toronto right now. You don't get too low when it, when it drops down um, because each pixel, if taken as a pixel in and of itself and as, as considered the full picture, will freak you out. But once you see the big picture and the full picture and you have your plan in place, because you're investing in real estate for a reason. You, know, you may own your own home. Um, because you need a place to live. Smart move, by the way. The only real tax planning we have in uh, tax shelter we have in Canada is your own home and the dollars you make in it. So markets can go up and down for sure. Uh, but in real estate, in investing real estate, you have to have a plan for why you're doing it. Or else every little pixel and every little report uh, will start to drive you crazy. And what happens is and go on some of these blogs. You guys know the names of the blogs. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Go on them, and they've been forecasting the world's going to end and, the, and real estate's going to crash since, I don't know, 2004. Uh, some of them started in 2008. But they, over and over and over and over and over again, that's been the, the drum they've been beating. And if you'd listen to just that, Guess what? You'd still be sitting on the sidelines waiting for that strategic giant drop in real estate. And guess, I will guarantee you that you will not buy when it drops because that's not the human psychology. That's the funny thing is we wait till the drop. The drop is there, and then we don't buy. We don't act. And then when it's really hot, we think, oh, we're going to wait till it drops. And you sit on the sidelines because you can drive yourself crazy. So uh, that's just a a quick overview of what I'm, I'm starting to see. You know, I, I believe you brought up, Russ, the average Canadian house price. Yes. Up yeah. 6.3%. Yeah, that, I tell you. And then it's funny, I was in, that was in the headlines, 6.3, and people go, oh, my God, it's on fire. And then and actually, if you drill down a little bit more, if you strip out both Toronto and Vancouver, it's only growing at about 1.5%, which is actually slower than inflation. So. So, so what's going on uh, across the country? And I know there's, you're, you're, you're very adamant of saying there's no such thing as a national real <laughs> estate market. So maybe if you can just give us a, a quick snapshot, if you will, of some key areas that are driving the numbers. But let's spend a little bit of time in, in Ontario, if you will. Well, let's hang out in Ontario for a while. And, yeah. and this is kind of important because, as you know, there is no national number, but it makes a fantastic headline because you understand that there's national newspapers and national TV news. So in order to pitch your deal, you're not going to talk about 
hey, you know, the, the, the average sale price in Montreal or in Winnipeg has done this on a national news or a national newspaper because it just doesn't bring in the eyeballs. What it does is when you talk about the national number and then you bring in some guy who's saying that national number is too high and then it, 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 it perpetuates itself since 2008, for instance, uh, however many years that is, seven years or six and a half years, um, of the exact same story over and over. Is this the time? Is this the time it's going to drop? Is this the time it's going to drop? So what we like to do is drill down into the, uh, uh, the, the sub-numbers so that a homeowner or an investor can make strategic decisions. And that's really important. You know, there are four levels of people who are paying attention in the real estate world. You know, you've got the consumer, emotional, uh, responding to whatever the, the neighbor says or what their uncle says. You've got the informed consumer who reads a little bit of blogs, does a bit of news stuff, and probably read a couple books, you know, and, and, and they kind of start to, you know, believe that they're the experts. Then there are the investors, which is number three uh, of the four, and that they're the investors. They're the guys who go out there and, and the gals who go out and they buy property because they heard it was a great idea. They read a couple books, might even, might even have read the real estate cycle book that, that, that we wrote, um, and, and they go, oh, I got this. But the key player, the key player, and it, and it is my whole sub-goal, is to get people into category number four, which is the strategic investor. Because investors are still incredibly emotional. If they weren't, there wouldn't be constant headlines around the housing market. Uh, because they know that that drags people in. There's a lot of people out there who like to comment on it. Strategic investors... What we like to do is have a much longer-term view of the world. Uh, we understand that things go up and down, but we also understand that averages mean nothing because I don't want to buy an average piece of real estate. I want to buy real estate that's going to outperform the marketplace. You don't go and buy generally uh, uh, a kind of okay stock if you're going to buy an investment world. At least I don't. You know, I want to buy a, mar a stock that's going to outperform. And frankly, yes, I own stocks, I own mutual funds, I own EFTs, I own real estate, I own LPs. Um, it's not like a either-or situation. I'm just strategic, and I hope that you are starting to think strategically as well. And, and actually, Russ, there, there's actually, uh, that's the four, right? But there's actually six. The fifth being the analyst who has never put money in the housing market, but loves to comment on it, like so, they they really you know they're they're talking out, out of their hat generally, and then the sixth one is the analyst who puts their money in where their mouth is. You know they 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 know what really happens on the street. They know that averages and all those kind of things don't really play in. So there's really six levels of people who are focusing on the real estate market, and hence the reason there's so much attention on the real estate market. So if we start to step back... This is brand new stuff, isn't it, Don? You just, you, I don't think you've ever shared this before, or you just had shared a portion of it at the last acre in yeah, Calgary. Well, you know so, what? you got to stay on top of this stuff, Russ. Come on, yeah, man. So, so for, <laughs> I, I'm sitting there. I'm trying to keep notes. I'm, I'm, keep I notes, learned, man, because I'm not so, sending you to mine. I learned so much after all these calls. So if everyone's taking notes, the, the levels that Don is talking about, the first one is uh, the consumers, and then informed consumers, then investors, then strategic investors, and then analysts, and then analysts who also invest. Yeah. So you, you want us to be in that strategic investor category, don't you? Yes, because you know what? Being an analyst makes you feel great, and people look at you and go, da -da -da -da, wow, you're fantastic, but doesn't make you any money. 
Um, you know, it, it, being the strategic investor is where all the money is. That's where all my money's made. That's where you know that's it, it just makes more sense. But anyway, let's go back to the Ontario market because kind of that's what we're on this call for. Um, specifically, you know, when people say, "What about the Ontario market?" I'm going to say it again: there is no Ontario market. Remember, you or I are not buying an Ontario piece of real estate. What we're buying is a specific piece of real estate in a specific neighborhood in a specific city or town in Ontario. Because I'll tell you right now, if you're throwing Guelph and you're throwing North Bay and Niagara and downtown Toronto market with the uh, Hamilton and Stony Creek market in one pot, you guys know that it's a completely each one of those is completely different. So you can't make a judgment based on well, the rent-to-price ratio in Ontario is really high. Well, it is in some cities, and it's not in other cities. So even Toronto, let's, let's start with Toronto because there's lots of people on the call from Toronto. Yep. Um, Toronto is not a market. It's impossible. There's 3 million people. That's, that's the same amount of people who are, are in Alberta, and they're all in Toronto. So let's think that through a little bit. So you have... Within Toronto, all of these sub-markets, and unfortunately, I understand, I 100% understand when I hear people commenting on the Toronto market. I do chuckle every single time, by the way, but I understand that that's, they, have to think, they have to speak like that if someone's asked their opinion. But, you know, Leslieville is not the junction, which is not downtown at Bloor. It, it, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's it, each neighborhood or at least each general segment of the city, um, performs differently. For instance, take a look at the stats, uh, and they are available, um, despite somebody who wants to really restrict your access to stats in Ontario, which is really bizarre. Um, the, uh, you, you start to see that the condo prices themselves have not really gone crazy. The average sale price of a condo in Toronto hasn't really gone crazy. Well, frankly, because they're getting better at building them smaller and more strategically. And, and you've probably lost a bedroom, like a 10 by 10 uh, floor space, in order to keep the price within an average area. But, but people say, well, but what's going on? The Toronto market's out of control. It's, it's gone up so much. And it's, it's, it's really, the average sale price has gone crazy. It's because, and those of you who are on the call who are RAIN members, especially those who have been RAIN members for five years, uh, remember when we started talking about Listen, the strategic investor right now is buying ground-oriented units in the older neighborhoods. They were undervalued. They were able to be sweeted, which means that you're getting more cash flow. They were in an areas that were relatively new, relatively, remember, for, um, for transit. People were saying Toronto's unaffordable, but those weren't unaffordable five years ago. You start to see that when you start thinking strategically, you don't think like a consumer or a confirm, consu, uh, even an informed consumer who thinks they know everything, by the way. Mm -hmm. You start to look at these types of areas and you start to say, how can I strategically get ahead of a wave instead of in the wave where the, where the masses are? Now what we're seeing, the average sale price in Toronto is going crazy on the ground-oriented units. So there's a lot of demand. You have the Places to Grow Act, which is which is kind of like the the BC um, Agricultural Land Reserve, where it just kind of keeps 
the densification within certain areas. So that type of thing is how you have to think. Now let's go to uh, Hamilton, for instance. Same thing. You have to be strategic. Now there's no LRT there. Uh, I know there was discussions of it for a while, but now you know it keeps going back and forth, and nobody has money for it anymore. Anyway, but the uh, but you have areas that are actually going through transition, and some areas that are hoping to go through transition. Go with the ones that are actually going through transition, and you'll look like the genius who bought in Leslieville five years ago. You're seeing the demand. You're seeing the younger cohort start to move into Hamilton because now they're going to uh, they're they have or they're about to expand the tracks for the GO train so they can run more frequently and longer throughout the day. So you're going to have more access. Uh, when people complain, I hear this all the time, people complain on call-in shows, etc., about things like, Don, it's just completely unaffordable, um, and yeah, you know what, I just can't buy anything. And I say, you are exactly right. You can't buy there. You're making 38 grand a year, and you're trying to buy a $600,000 uh, property in downtown Toronto. But with your 38 grand or your 48 grand or whatever it is that you're making net, um, you can buy a pretty sweet place in Hamilton or in other outlying areas. Right. You you mentioned a couple places here, Don. There's uh, been a couple questions that have, have come on come online Perfect. here, and uh, one of the ones that uh, I'm going to jump in because I I know you can easily answer this, and also the new research is just coming out as well. Is uh, a person from Kitchener's wanting to know what are the top three cities in Ontario to purchase rental properties for long term stability and growth? Oh, long term stability. Yeah. Winner. Now, you have to understand that there are cycles in every market, and they, things go up and down and up and down. But if I'm going to buy during a recession, I'm going to buy in a university town. And if I'm going to buy outside of a recession, when the markets are really strong and the economy is really strong, I'm going to buy in university towns. So that should narrow it down for you. Uh, <laughs> that maybe Kitchener might be a good spot. Cambridge is a good spot. Um, Waterloo has that that licensing issue that's going on there. And before you get in there, please investigate what's happening now and the inspection fees and all that kind of stuff. Flip over to what's happening at McMaster and the McMaster Innovation Park in Hamilton. Seriously, uh, there's some there's some there's some serious growth. I remember being on George Strombo show. Um, I, I actually reviewed it today and I, I, I watched it again today. And I went, look at that. That was so long ago, and we said Hamilton is your place. And, um, you know, as we start to go down this Hamilton is your place, um, people think, where are you from? You must be from the West Coast. You don't know Hamilton. And now look what's happening. It's the same thing for Barrie. You've got the, you've got the um, oh, I just lost the name of the college that's, that's, that's growing and building up there. Um, and, and it's happening along with GoTrain uh, expanding and adding more cars because more people want to live in Barrie and work downtown in Toronto, and they can't, quote, afford Toronto. Um, it, that, that would be somebody's prediction on how it, well, they're all moving because of affordability. No, they're moving for lifestyle, but that's a whole different conversation. Those types of spots are the long-term holds. If you're the short-term person, you can jump into the condo market in Toronto and do fairly well, but you have to understand the tax implications of doing so. You have to understand that the music can stop, and you have to have a secondary plan for, like if you bought a pre-sale condo uh, or, or, 
or three or four, and say, for instance, the economy takes a big bump right when you're handing the keys, you better be able to rent those things enough to carry them or you're going to get yourself in trouble. But generally, shorter-term opportunities are in those in that market. The longer-term buy and hold are in the ground-oriented, and that's getting more difficult because of the prices in Toronto. Um, but but the long-term buy and hold, university towns, especially university towns that have other things going on. Keeping an eye on Kingston right now because it seems to have something, you know, because of they're they're shutting the pen and that threw everything into the into the uh, um, in, threw everything up in the air as far as jobs, etc. But you're starting to see some revitalization going on there, um, and and. You know what? It's very interesting because here's something that I, I haven't talked about before, Russ, and and was going to talk about it. In I am going to talk about it in much much more detail at the Acre Weekend, and that is Thunder Bay. Now Thunder Bay's always been kind of you know not so great for the economy, etc. But what's happening now is because of the shipping, uh, the shipping along the Great Lakes lakes is expanding at a rapid rapid rate. Uh, lots and lots of new ships have been ordered. Uh, they're moving resources. They're moving all kinds of things now from the Thunder Bay right out to the Atlantic Ocean. And guess what we just signed? Hmm, a trade deal with the EU. So that's not going to go down. That's going to go up. Thunder Bay um, also has a small uh, post-secondary institution that you might want to tap into. Um, so be, uh, that'll be a very interesting long-term play. Now, also a lot. There's a big contingent of people on. I'm just scanning quickly through sure. a lot of the questions, and uh, lots of Ottawa people. Yes. So, if you maybe you can give a first of all a shout out to all the Ottawa people. Well hey, done Ottawa. for well, you're you're representing. You're going to be probably have one of the largest groups of people. What was it last year? There's this giant Ottawa contingent at the Acre program. We even had our own picture taken with them, and so so well done, guys. Um, maybe talk a little bit about Ottawa. Well, we did. Uh, I, I did a breakfast meeting with Ottawa on Saturday morning by a Skype. I didn't fly what, there for what, breakfast. What time was that in the morning? Yeah, it was. A, it was uh, oh, dark thirty. And um, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. It, it's interesting. The thing about Ottawa is its relative consistency. It's a capital city. Um, it doesn't have the giant cycles and the giant swings. Um, universities, right? You've got the new LRT going in there. You've got the post-secondary institutions. You've got government workers. You've got um, it, you've got so much going for you. It's a beautiful town that that it doesn't outperform the province. It doesn't. It's not the unbelievable home run town. But if you like good, solid, consistent market, that's your place. And um, you you know exactly where the stations are going to be for this LRT, um, and just like the, the subway up to Vaughan and uh, and anything else, all the LRT that everyone's talking about, Waterloo, for instance, um, get around that 800 meters of the stations because it's not because of the past research that we've shared and we've shared it a thousand times, but it is the past research proven with the addition of the millennials. Now, the millennials, as we know, we're starting to see in downtown Toronto and Ottawa and Vancouver and Calgary buildings that have few or at one, I think, is, is zero parking because of the demand, because of its location. It's near, it's near subway or near LRT, um, light rapid transit, by the way. And, and you're starting to see that maybe the car isn't the be-all, end-all for everybody. 
and that's saving people money. Of course, you don't have to build the, the, the parkade underneath, which allows you to hopefully pass those savings on or some of those savings on to the people who are buying the condos above or adding a new amenity. Um, but you've got the, the transit, the, the positive transit impact, which is 16% higher rent. You should be getting 16% higher rent if you're within uh, 800 meters of a uh, transit station or a subway stop. 16%. If you're not, you're being lazy and you're missing out on cash flow. Um, and as you get farther and farther out, of course, that percentage drops off. I mean, 16% more to somebody who's, uh, you know, over a kilometer from a station for the exact same suite. Right. So you've got that going on. You've got the millennials now going, meh, I don't need a car because, uh, first off, I want to live a more green lifestyle. Um, it's bloody expensive to buy a car and or to um, insure a car and drive a car. And with oil prices down 50-some-odd percent, but gas prices down 15 or 18 percent, you know, there's something that's not in equilibrium here. Um, people are going, wait a second, I don't need to do this anymore. I can, and with, with car shares, um, what are those, all those car share companies that are, that are around in Toronto, Vancouver, where you're sharing the little smart cars with, with a bunch of other people, um, those are things that are game-changing. Now, 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 that's good for an investor to know, but a strategic investor also will know if that's the trend, how will that affect the cities in which cars are being manufactured? In right. the long so that's a, term, a big, big trend that we've we've uncovered is the whole millennial and the tra- and, and key around being around transportation is that not that's something we uncovered years ago that uh, people are now just starting to talk about. Yeah, we were the first ones to talk about. It. We were actually the first ones to talk about the millennials yeah. too, like six years ago or five years ago, and 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 everybody poo pooed it. Now everyone's talking about. It. But that's that's neither here nor there. The strategic guys already were listening and already were taking taking advantage of it. But I want you to think that through. I want you to think that ten years from now. Um, the companies that don't, the car manufacturing companies that don't shift towards providing uh, what's going to be needed 10 years from now, um, or can't provide that at a decent price, so they have to go manufacture in Mexico, um, we, we need to pay very close attention in Ontario to the cities that are 100% um, supported by automotive. And I'm okay with Alliston. I'm okay with Oakville, efficient, you know, Ford's doing her thing. I'm, I have Oshawa on my watch list because there's lots of things that are, that are coming into play, including, including um, negotiations on, um, on labor and uh, what, the, what they're actually going to build there. Windsor's always been a bit of a problem for, for that, the cycles there. Um, but as we go through, we have to think not what the latest headline was and, and, because guess what? The real estate market is a slow-moving, uh, just, just a giant slow-moving industry. So it's like a big pendulum because, for instance, in downtown Calgary, downtown Vancouver, downtown Toronto, you keep hearing, oh, my goodness, we're way overbuilt in condos. And then the builders get smart and they slow it down, and then the, the absorption occurs, the pendulum swims, swings back, and then prices start to go up again because there's now more demand than supply. It's just a big, and if you're trying to time that pendulum, you are going to get your handed to you. 
I, mean, I, I meant your baton. Or yes, exactly. I, yeah. The baton yeah. as you pass it on. So, <laughs> so in Ontario, there are opportunities. We we uh, one of your previous pre- premiers uh, said the world is terrible for Ontario because we have a high dollar and we have high interest rates and we blah blah blah. blah. Well, none of that exists now. So if he was true and it, and what he said was true, then you're going to start not immediately see stimulus. Uh, occurring and job growth occurring in Ontario. As a matter of fact, RBC, I think it was, that came out a couple weeks ago to predict that 2015 and 2016, Ontario is going to be top two in economic growth. But once again, that's Ontario. Your job is to narrow it down. And just to go up to uh, Ottawa one more time, and I'm uh, for some reason I have a block on the name. I think it's called Breton Flats, and uh, and I'm sure that somebody can tell me that that's exactly wrong, but. Uh, out by the museum area, there's a whole area that that is going to be redeveloped. I am telling you that that's not the place to buy. The place to buy is in the older areas that surround it because people will still want to be drawn to that area, but newer stuff is more expensive than the older stuff. So 10 years from now, the demand, the actual price increases will be much stronger in the older areas that surround it, and it is a pretty, pretty cool spot of the city. And if you look at the LRT map, that might help you. And um, that that whole area is going to be a giant winner for uh, for Ottawa investors. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, there you go. So, Don, uh, the Q&A box has just exploded. Uh, and it's funny, we literally could, could spend... You know, two full days just going through all the economic research. Hey, we are. Hey, we are. Wait a minute. That's what Acres about. (laughs) And and uh, and uh, you know, there's been comments about what about Brantford? What about St. Catharines? What about Sarnia? What about Oshawa? What about London? What about Pickering? Even to the point of what about Seton in North Pickering? (laughs) So hey, but but what's great about that, Russ, is they're asking about a specific neighborhood in a specific town. So finally, we're starting to get. Get it awake because there there are so many trends and subtrends and uh, right now we're in the middle. Why I am uh, have been running my hands through my hair so much this, today, hence the reason no video. Um, the is the we're doing the rain score, which is the brand new top ten towns of Ontario, and we're presenting that on Friday night. It's on the Friday brand night, a new yeah. list of all, and including all the research and all the new new people, uh, all the new findings. But how do how does somebody, you know, if they have a question about, say, Sarnia, and let's say they come out to the program on Friday and Sarnia is not in there, how can somebody do a little bit of, how can we teach somebody to do some of their own research to help them out to find out if their area is a good investment area or not? Russ, are you going to send everybody an email after this? Yes, we are. Okay, so uh, what what we're going to do is, uh, you know, the big red arrow graph that I show a lot. Yep. We're going to make sure that that you get that. So um, the the important bit is... (sighs) You have to have economic growth. This is for the long-term buyers, right? You yep. have to have economic growth. And if you have economic growth, it's going to bring jobs. And if you have jobs increasing, then you're going to bring people from places that don't have jobs increasing, and those people are going to live in your rental property, or if not yours, somebody else's. And then, so you have to start really looking around. In um, uh, real estate investing in Canada, can't remember the page number, uh, but there's a a preliminary kind of rookie version of the goldmine scorecard, which we update and give to everybody. Uh, the, we get the sophisticated strategic one to everybody on the weekend at in, at Acre yeah. in April. But 
that's where they should start. They should start asking the question, not what the average sale price is, not what the rent-to-price ratio is, um, because that's all, those are all averages. What you need to start doing is, is this city poised to grow, or is this city poised to be flat, or as in some cities, is it poised to decrease over the next five, ten years? And that's how you that's how you start. And then when you come to Acre and you talk to me or any of the experts, because we have a whole we have every expert we could round up is going to be there answering questions as part of the deal. It's not like the, that's what we're there for. We're there, we're there to serve and we're there to awaken and be that calm port in the uncertainty. Sure, but we're also going to tell you, man, that town sucks. Don't go there. Live there if that's what you love, but put your money somewhere else. We, we, because we're not in the in the business of selling real estate. Because you've got to understand that 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 we can fall in love with our town, we can fall in love with our car, we can fall in love with with our investment, we can you know anything. But our job to be strategic is to think this stuff through. Where is my money going to work the hardest? Right. So, so Sarah, I know you're on the call, and I know you're listening, and I know you're taking notes. We're going to send the red arrow graph to everyone who's registered for this, and I'm actually going to do one, one more too. I'm going to let's send them the property gold mine scorecard too as well. Okay, that'd be great so, because we'll, now that for that's for them to use to choose to to analyze their own city and town. Yeah, and here's the cool thing is if we didn't touch on one of your your hotbed areas, just imagine you won't have as much competition when you're doing that. You can go down <laughs> to your local economic development officer, you can you can become the expert in your town and it doesn't it doesn't have to be the centers that we've talked about. I know people that are doing very good in in other regions that we don't talk about. Sure, in London, for instance. Yeah. In Pickering, in Peterborough. Somebody's doing incredibly well in Peterborough with fourplexes and duplexes. I'm sorry to say that, but now now he's going to go. Oh, exactly. Now now there's going to be a flood. But uh, no, no, there won't. And that's the interesting thing. I, I want to bring that up uh, because uh, people on this call is a lot of people have a lot of ideas that I'm going to go do this. And frankly, and frankly, I've been doing this for 20 some odd years. It's a small percentage of people. A lot of people talk about it, and a lot of people attend seminars, and a lot of people do all that kind of stuff. But it seems to be that only a small percentage of people actually do it, because there's always an excuse. We all have excuses. Man, we're, we're, I was born with an excuse, and um, and I'll tell you, we have ways in which to talk ourselves out of what's going on. Oh, Don says Leslieville. Okay, well that's just stupid because they don't know how expensive it is. You know, whatever that story that you're carrying around just blocks you what you're doing. Because, for instance, micro suites. Can I get into that for a second? Yeah, please, please. So my, micro suites, these these small uh, bachelor bachelor apartments. We're not allowed to call them that anymore. They're supposed to be called, uh, you know, studios or whatever. So they're bachelor bachelors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Micro suites. Now, people are buying these because they are cheap. Excellent idea. If you're going to go live there and that's what you want to do, et cetera, but I'll tell you right now that if we're building too many of these, which some cities are, and as a matter of fact, some buildings are, there will be such a small, minuscule demand for those suites in the future because 27% of the population are baby boomers. 27% at the same time are millennials. Millennials are the ones that you should be paying attention to because they're the next ones up and coming that are going to affect your market. Kind of like the baby boomers changed everything. 
the same giant cohort is about to come through. They're buying micro-suites because they can afford it, and it's funky, and I'm living downtown, look at me. But guess what? They're going to fall in love, and they're going to figure out that you know how to have babies. And then once that happens, then living in a micro-suite with a baby and a new spouse, it's probably not going to be so good. So it's inevitable life cycle of a human being, generally, that uh, that that that's going to occur. So they're going to need one bedroom or two bedroom. Why would I recommend two bedroom? Two bedroom near an LRT gets 16% higher rent. Uh, one bedroom near LRT gets about nine percent, nine ten percent higher rent. Uh, for now, for you, you the strategic buyer, and then in the future, you will find that. People don't want to live in a one-bedroom once they are, i.e., living together because it's done. It's too unaffordable. So they're living together, but they're not married or in a relationship, so they need two bedrooms. Or they're married, and they have a child, and they need a second bedroom. And as a matter of fact, Russ, if, I would, if, if it was in the perfect world, I would go buy nothing but three-bedroom units in Pretty new condition and or relatively nicely renovated uh, around LRT stations um, because the one thing about millennials is they are going to have more jobs than any of us baby boomers ever did in their lifetime. And they're going to be working out of their own home more often. Microsuite, fun, exciting when you're young, ain't going to last. And there's no cohort coming up behind it to go, oh, I'll take the microsuites. So strategic people it's not about price it's about what's going to happen in the future so very 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 important right great insight so so before we jump into the next topic here very shortly about um, interest rates and mortgages and which you nobody cares of, about that yeah stuff. you have a lot of insights into that um just maybe just to tie a, a, a bow around the housing market from you know don from your your famous book you know um, the real estate cycle book. Can you just give maybe a little insight into where you would per- say Ontario is in the um, in the cycle? As bizarre as it sounds, everywhere except uh, downtown Toronto um, is still in what would be called recovery, technical recovery, even though it's been very strong, and um, and and that's a good position to be, because that means that there's more demand ahead for it. And especially now that the influencers of the high dollar, that was a negative influence on Ontario, and the slow, slow, slow U.S. economy was a negative influencer on Ontario, both of those have gone away. The the U.S. is starting to pick up, and I could have another four-hour conversation about whether it's real or not, but their economy is picking up. There are people who are working again, therefore they're buying more junk, and they're going to buy more of our junk, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't happen overnight. And because our dollar is down to 80 cents-ish, you know, everything is on sale for 20% off. Um, so it's, it's, it, it, it's going to be a very good time for the Ontario economy as long as the government doesn't screw it up with some new regulations or some new rules or some new taxing because – uh, they're, they've dri- driven it pretty well broke, uh, the, the provincial government. Um, the, you've, got, you've got that happening, um, so it's in recovery. In downtown Toronto, it's so interesting because, the, because the, you, you can't even, if you took all of the technical analysis and all of the, you can't pinpoint it on 
the typical cycle because of the amount of builds that we've had. A lot of new product is on the market versus um, an, an aging infrastructure. And so uh, that market, there's some areas that are in recovery, some that are in boom, you know, the ground-oriented ones. Um, but but generally, I'm telling you, um, there isn't a giant bubble that's about to burst. There's a there's an overpricedness, sure, but it doesn't mean that the air doesn't get leaked out slowly, like it's like a balloon. It's not it's not something ready to go kapow and everybody's going to go broke and everybody's not going to be able to eat and we're all going to be living on the street, which seems to be some people's way of looking at things. And and then people go, well, what about all the foreign money, man? And and I go, uh, have you have you ever studied foreign capital? Um, some of you on the call have. And you know that when it's moved uh, like this, it's moved for long-term safety. And um, generally, return is a, is a play of it, but generally it's a safety play. And safety plays are supportive and long-term. As a matter of fact, it's probably a stabilizing influence in some of the higher-end portions of, of the market. And um, so, so everybody vilifies it. And then, then, then the stat comes out and says, foreign investors are driving Florida real estate through the roof. And uh, <laughs> then you find out that it's Canadians that are the foreign investors. We're bitching about it at home, but we're actually it in Florida. So, you know, it, the hypocrisy that you see in this, in this uh, market is quite, <laughs> you know, over 23 years, I, there's nothing that I haven't seen. Right. And what's the old adage? You don't follow the money. Find out where the money's going, right? Yeah, you got it. Speaking of following the money and where all the money's going, interest rates. That's where Yay. all my, every, every first of the month, that's where all my money goes from all my rents. It goes towards uh, paying mortgages down. Uh, interesting fodder six, what is it, six, eight, nine months ago, everyone was, uh, the sky was falling because the interest rates were going to go through the roof. And now we've got, uh, you know, we don't got storage wars. We actually got mortgage wars. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yep. As yep. they would say. Yeah. It's going down again. Yep. So, you know, and, and it was forecast, you know, go on to my blog, January 18th, I think it was. I said, hey, guys, listen, everybody, just just take a breath. We're going to have the mortgage wars going to hit in the spring because after RSP season, the banks have a lot of cash sitting on there. They have to get it into the market. And, you know, it's, it's, it's predictable. It's just like it's predictable as daffodils coming up in British in Vancouver in January. Oh, did I say that? I'm Oop, sorry. Yeah, they're didn't they're already done. Or Mine are done already. Yeah. I know. Anyway, um, so interest rates are important, but an interest rate cut of 0.5 or 0.25 percent does not stimulate a housing market. As a matter of fact, um, it's a bit of a meh because it's fourteen dollars on a hundred or a hundred thousand ish, right? So you, you, the unfortunate thing is, is that the, the there's a lot of memes, there's a lot of statements that are made in the real estate world that are easy to say, so therefore they must be must be true. Like interest rates down, housing prices up. Well, Russ at Acre will show you that that the latest slide on that, the analysis of correlation or lack of correlation between interest rates and housing markets. And it's really quite interesting. We have a Toronto one, we have a Vancouver one. Um, it's really, really quite interesting. But here's what drives the housing market is when the interest rates go up. And that's the interesting thing about economic theory. You know, the analysts who sit in the basement and, 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 and just make stuff up because it theoretically makes sense. And those of us who have been in the market long enough, when the interest rates go up half a point, quarter point, half a point, suddenly everybody goes, OMG, 
FOMO, fear of missing out. It's my time. I better get in now, and it actually stimulates the other way around. So the the, the lowering of the Bank of Canada interest rate, it's not going anywhere um, because equalization payments are all coming from Alberta right now to get into the main pot that they can flow out to Quebec and Ontario, et cetera. But if oil sits at 40-something bucks for very long, there's not going to be a whole lot of equalization payments. So the Bank of Canada cut the rate to help stimulate the economy. It also helped lower the dollar, which helped put Ontario on the map as far as manufacturing goes. It hasn't kicked in yet. It never kicks in overnight, please. Um, and then, and and what it does is it's now opened up this whole thing about, well, the banks are going to have to get the money in the market. I see all the headlines. Wow, the banks didn't lower their rate to the same amount as Bank of Canada. Yeah, who cares? Seriously, we get so obsessed about the things that really and truly don't matter. Oh, no, the banks are making more money. So if the banks are making more money, buy bank stock if that's what your belief is. Like, <laughs> like come on, guys, let's think strategically here. So you're at, you're at 0.75, you know, you're at 0.75 Bank of, bank of Canada rate. Um, it may go down again a whole quarter point. And somebody will say, the Bank of Canada rates dropped by 33% today. You know, and it, it, it's it, the overstatement of things is quite spectacular. Yeah. And I uh, tell you what, that, uh, that presentation that you and Callum will be doing oh, at, at yeah, the Acre, um, you, is, there's a very, very big and bold course of action. And usually when it comes to mortgages and strategy, uh, mortgage brokers and bankers, they aren't, you know, they tell you, look at this and consider that. But you guys actually have a very, very big, bold statement don't you, of what you must do right now. Yeah, there, there, are, uh, there are three very clear must-dos. But, but to get back to the interest rates, um, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about just must-dos for, for investors. I'm talking about homeowners. But... Fixed versus variable, always been variable. Variable has worked forever and ever and ever. But strategically right now, when you're going to variable, remember, it's all about debt service ratio. Um, and if you go to variable, you have to qualify, even though your rate's going to be like three-ish, um, you have to qualify at 4.79 under the new regulations. Because they want to make sure that when, if and when, eventually the interest rates go up, I guess not if, but when the event they go up in the next decade, um, that you be able to afford it. But if you go variable, you only qualify at the rate, or roughly the the, the posted rate. So, for instance, two seven two point seven nine versus four point seven nine um, on a on the qualification side allows you to get a more property and or qualify for more property or for a larger mortgage if you go fixed. And mm. and so strategically it still makes sense to go variable and pay the equivalent of a fixed payment because all the extra money goes off of the off of your principal for sure. But if you are just starting out, you really and truly want to start thinking ultra strategic when it comes to mortgage. It might make sense to lock this puppy in right now because you're going to qualify at 279. And therefore, in the future, when you go to qualify for your second mortgage, um, not your second mortgage on that property, but another mortgage, then you can qualify for more property. Wow. So, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And you know what? The, the longer I've been at this game, and I haven't been, I've. 
I'm half the time that you've been into it, uh, I've also come to the realization that it, it, it actually comes more down to the access to capital as opposed to the price of the capital. No, I know. But but once again, remember that Pantheon or whatever, where consumer, informed consumer, investor, strategic investor, consumer, and even informed consumer, and even a high majority of investors will do anything including including screw over a bank or sign a wrong document or something to save themselves a quarter point. And it drives me completely nuts that they're yeah. focusing on the exact wrong thing. You know, well, it's great having, you know, 2.5, 2.2% interest rates, but if the bank won't actually ever give you any of it, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but if you and also you go to your mortgage broker, for instance, and you get him to do him or her to do all this work. And then, and then they go, they get it up to two point. I don't know, 2.79 or something, and you think, oh, I could do better than that. You walk over to your own bank, and they give you 2.69, and then you just jump on the 2.69. That mortgage broker who's just done all that work for you, and you've kicked them to the side for 0.1 or 0.2 of a percent on a, in, in the 2% world. Um, talk about instantly putting a red flag against your name. Yeah. It, 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 this is a long-term game, and it's not a large game. We have to pay attention. You know, there, there's a blogosphere out there that will drive you completely crazy. Um, you have to narrow it down to 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 some facts and figures that aren't in the emotional world. You have to have a long-term plan. You have to look at interest rates. That might even make sense for some people, and I know some who are grabbing seven and ten-year mortgages now on their even on their investment properties. Yep. And you know the diff with the old joke, the difference between a three percent and a five percent mortgage is you can get the five percent one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you can't get the three. It's a Sasquatch mortgage. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so, Mr. Campbell, I, I know your time is the most valuable resource that you have, and uh, sure you know, is. thank you very much for for everything you're sharing tonight. But I'm going to pull a, a little bit of an audible here tonight. The audible I'm pulling is I have for, for audible is for for those of you who don't follow football. It's uh, okay. I'm, I'm, want, changing, I, I'm changing the play right now. So. Okay. So if you're going to do that. Hand it to Marshawn Lynch. Don't That's throw right. it. Don't throw it on Seriously. the one-yard line. <laughs> <laughs> you did an amazing presentation on talking about uh, oil and oil prices and how oh, it impacts yeah. the real estate market. There was a 40-minute video on that, and we literally could take another hour of talking about that because, ladies and gentlemen, oil and what's happening with uh, resources it does impact Ontario. It, it, it impacts them immensely. Yeah. And um, and what's really funny, Russ, before you get to whatever you're about to change with Audible, because yes. I talk too much, the uh, the this is the first oil downturn ever that I've gone through, and I've been through five of them, four five of them, and um, and it's the first time I'm ever getting questions from Ontario about the oil price. Isn't That's it good? They're paying attention. Well, I, I know there's people are thinking more strategically, but they also think, wait a second, uh, equalization payments. How are we going to pay for healthcare and uh, all that stuff? If they're going to no equalization payments, that means the taxes and property taxes are going to go up. Uh oh. But anyway, so go on. Sorry. So the audible, my friend. I, I'm offering two gifts. I'm going to offer two to more me? gifts on top of on top of. Well, you're the you're the gift we're offering up, up, oh, up great. Well, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, We've offered uh, some additional resources, being the Aerograph and the Property Gold Mine Scorecard. I'm going to send to everybody, or sorry, Sarah will send to everybody the uh, video you've done, the 40 minute video about uh, how oil prices are impacting uh, real estate. Oh, that's the that's the talk where we start to drill down into pixels of politics and 
supply and demand. Yep. That one. That one. Yep, that one. That's another gift. And then I also have one more gift, but I'm going to save that here in in a second. So. We, we've talked about the ACRE program, uh, ACRE program that's happening yep. in Ontario April 18th and 19th. That's the Saturday, Sunday. And for everyone who does register for that, you actually get the Friday night workshop included in that as well. So you actually get uh, two and a half days of, of, uh, of real estate workshop for you know essentially the price of the two days. What's interesting about Friday night is that we got um, one of the, the most accurate economists in yeah, the country. Carl Gomez, Carl Gomez yeah. is going to be there on Friday night, and oh man, that's going to be killer. And we're also dropping all the brand new top uh, towns to invest in on the rain score as well. That's right. Oh yeah, right. And I, Don, I read something on Facebook yesterday about you were talking about uh, you know Google. Uh, one of the chief executives of Google is coming out to present, and you also dropped the and you couldn't say the name yesterday of somebody else. Am I allowed to say the name today? I, I, I you know what. We're all amongst friends here, so so uh, why don't you uh, let us? Uh, well, for, first off, the, the, I think that the most important, <laughs> the most important presentation the whole weekend, and, that, and remember, I'm speaking for like nine hours at this on this weekend, um, is this Google presentation. Now, it's not like they go around doing this presentation uh, <laughs> everywhere and anywhere. Uh, we have a, a really unique uh, relationship with uh, Google Canada, and uh, what they're going to present is is their analytics on real estate, on the real estate search terms, and what's best, they're going to analyze it and show us where the gaps are in the market. So any of you who are in this real estate game are going to know exactly where the gaps are, so you can go fill them and make a bunch of money doing it, f- filling those those gaps. So that's going to be Fantastic, and well, um, just that, as a as a, an example, um, when they I saw just a snippet of this, and they were sh- sharing how many YouTube videos people have watched on the terms of real estate, real estate investing, mm-hmm. and when I saw that number, I absolutely gasped of of that. And why do you think we now have Mr. Don Campbell doing so much uh, videos and putting all all the videos out there? Uh, YouTube is such a, a powerful source of of information and sharing, but it's I, also incredibly confusing to the average consumer or 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 informed consumer or the investor because they watch it and they can go click and then the next one you know underneath there's like six other ones below it you might also like this it tells the exact opposite story and then you can get down these rabbit holes where you know there's the fiat currency and you're going to die and you know all those kind of things that may be true but there's nothing a not darn thing you can do about that so you might as well take control of your life that you can control and so, the, yeah, the YouTube thing is fantastic, but the gaps in the market for you as a as an investor and as a potential business owner, or business builder, man, that that hour is going to be knock your socks off. And that's following. Uh, are we allowed to say, like I'm not I'm not I'm not being facetious. I'm actually asking. Don, the question. if I'll tell you what, if if I get a, a text message from Patrick in about a half an hour, I'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, we are starting Sunday morning uh, with the great Bob Proctor, and um, that's going to be fantastic. And if you don't know Bob, hey, here's an idea: use Google to go find Bob Proctor. But this is this is a man that has influenced many, many, many thousands of very successful investors. Um, he is uh, gladly coming out to because of his respect for what we do. And um, and it is going to knock your socks off on that on that Sunday morning, and and so it's Bob Proctor, and then Don doing property an- an- analysis, and then we're go- diving right into Google, 
Well, it sounds like a pretty good morning. Uh, that's an amazing, amazing. You know what? We keep uh, elevating the game each time, and you reinvented and recreated the your entire presentations that mm. you've done uh, for the Calgary one. And I know you've also are committing to do that even again to make it even better of everything that was our highest rated acre ever was ever. just this past uh, yeah. um, month in Calgary, and we've made a commitment to make it even better coming up in you know less than a month here. So there's, lo- there's lots of people who are flying in for it because of all the, the amazing things that are coming from Winnipeg, coming from Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. Um, if you live in North Bay or Niagara, it's a little bit easier for you to get there. But 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 frankly, it's we're there with one intention, and that is to help you see the opportunities and the dangers and so that you can be strategic and start thinking and staying strategic in these volatile times because they are volatile. And and I will tell you without a word of an exaggeration, that event in Calgary when we reinvented it, um, we had people there for their 10th time, their 7th time, their 12th time. There was one guy there who was 16th time at this conference and the ratings were through the roof. And I'm going to get in. This is 45. We've been on this thing for 45 minutes, right? Yeah. We get to do this for a lot longer, and we get to answer questions all weekend long. There's this place called the Genius Bar, which we we um, we named as a joke for ourselves, um, where we're going to be hanging out and sitting, and you're just going to be able to bring your questions up during during the presentations or during the breaks. Come prepared to get questions answered because that's what we're going to do. We take, you know, as as being the MC and the host of the event, I actually take the time and stop and we address all the questions we mm-hmm. talk about it we fully flesh out all the ideas and the cool thing if you've been to one before you can go into you can customize your learning path yeah that's you right. can go into the breakout sessions we even have breakout sessions in the room where here's six different experts go here if you want this go here if you want that it's just it's a highly personalized uh, attention that you get and we just no stone unturned and it just you know what I can hardly wait. That's it's honest to goodness. It's going to be one of those ones that it, you will not be sore if you come to this event. Of course not, because if it if it sucks, you're going to get your money back. So, well, like, <laughs> and, and and frankly, it ain't going to do that. But uh, just so you know, there there is no risk. But uh, I, I don't want to I, I, I want to get into the, the the sale of this. I want I want people to understand one thing, and that's our intention. And our intention is to is to make it so that you have clarity and that you choose what type of real estate because you're going to discover what type of investor you are so you're not chasing money you're chasing a lifestyle and the lifestyle real estate drives your lifestyle instead of your lifestyle being controlled by real estate and um and uh frankly with the changes that are going on in Toronto the changes that are going on in Oshawa the changes that are going on in Hamilton boy oh boy and KWC the tech triangle that whole area um, you know, how about the up in the ring of fire, all those spots that are changing so quickly, the whole research team is, is heads down, typing away. And, um, and you will have clarity. <laughs> I guarantee right. you'll have clarity. Yeah. And I tell you what, we are, are very, very um, adamant about fulfilling upon the intention, which leads me to the last gift I'd like to offer tonight. So, you know, there's, there is over 300 people on live on the phone and on the web tonight. And I'd like to honor each and every one of you, uh, your involvement and your participation in this, and most importantly, your time. 
So if you are on this, um, and I'd like to make you an offer. If I want to make you an irresistible, juicy offer for I want every person on this phone line and on the web to come out to the Acre program. I want to remove all, you know, all reasons why not. And you know what? We're going to, as a team, we've come up with this is essentially the best price that we can offer to is that if you wanted to come to the Acre program, you can come at the Rain exclusive guest price of $287. That's cool. $300, $300 off the regular price. For two and a half days of this. For two and a half days. That, and that includes the Friday night workshop as well. So if you really think about it, you're coming for less than half price. It's 287 bucks, and you get all the stuff that uh, if you're on the web, you can click one of the links and just read all the things you'd get about it. And if you are registered, make sure you use the web code, the coupon code WEBGUEST. That's mm-hmm. WEBGUEST, and that's the only way you'll be able to get that price. And this is not being published anywhere else. It's just for people that are been part of the webinar and also the replay as well. And we'll probably turn this code off, I believe, probably by the weekend. So. Yeah. And and uh, and, and uh, Russ, that let's 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 be clear that the people can make money in good markets, bad markets, flat markets, but you do have to shoot the puck, and that's like you actually actually have to take action. And um, Rain members um, that are on the call, uh, I highly suggest that you take the time out to be there because you won't recognize it. And um, it is going to be a lot of fun because the breakout sessions, one of the breakout sessions, if I remember, the one week in Calgary was so much fun. It was called Death and Taxes. Death and Taxes. And, and it was one of the most, it was packed. So, you know, the, 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 how do you deal with that stuff? Because that's that's the reality. That's how you be strategic. And that, that's, what, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and what was Richard's at the same time was how to network and kick ass. <laughs> Something like that. But I think he used the word but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Don, I know you've been doing this for 25 years. You've seen the ups, you've seen the downs, um, and you know, thank you for taking all the time to re to essentially re envision uh, what the Acre program is all about, and what it means. You're um, what what final words would you like to leave with everyone before we sign off tonight? Well, I know that there's people on the call who are analysts. I know there's people on the call who it's their very first time. I know there's people on the call who are buying and selling REITs. And I know that there's people on the call who will never buy a piece of real estate ever, and that's fine. Uh, you know, your choice. But I do want to implore you with three things. Uh, implore you? I don't know if that's the right word. I, I do want to leave you with three things. Number one is whatever that dream is that you want, that why you're getting the money, um, new car, new hair, new relationship, big house, whatever it is. You've been reading my diary again, don't you? Or putting your kids through university. (laughs) Stick with it. Stick with something. Number two is I know for a fact that real estate goes up and down, but I also know for a fact that if it's done strategically, you make money in good, bad, and flat markets. How do I know? Because I own a lot of property. And um, I've ridden the waves of oil before, and I've ridden the waves of government regulation before, and there are always ways. It's just a business. You just make business adjustments. You don't obsess like a consumer. And number three, register for Acre. Okay, so that's that, that's that's a no-brainer, number three. But number four, pick up the phone today or tomorrow, because it's probably pretty late for some of you, 8 o'clock. Um, pick up the phone today or tomorrow and phone somebody in your life who you haven't spoken to for a long time. 
and you know there might be something in between you or there might be something, clean that mess up. Just phone and say, hey, mom, haven't talked to you for six years. Nice to talk to you. And whatever the response is, it doesn't matter. It's you taking the initiative in your life. And every moment and every day, start living strategically and take initiative in your life. Wow, brilliant! And you know, and you know, Don, thank you for being, uh, if you will, a you know, a really calm port and a guiding light for for the way you live your life is is something that is truly inspirational. So, I want to thank you on behalf Thanks, of brother. everyone on the line tonight. Cheers, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, by all means, the uh, register for register for the Acre program upcoming. We the coupon code will probably be uh, probably two two days, maybe three days at the most. Uh, all the information's there for you. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's Russell Westcott with the Real Estate Investment Network signing off, and we'll talk to you very soon. Good night, everyone. Cheers, all. Thanks for listening and engaging with the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality. Share the reality.